Jason. Today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to you by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! Are they not our good friends anymore? You've changed the intro. Holy moly. Four years of this. They are still our good friends. They are our good friends. Hey, did you know, though, our really good friends, that makes up for it, right? Uh Our really good friends are your home for Signature Series Shades. All hail our robot shade overlords. Jason, it's the place to go. When you're ready for home decor, you're ready to add those smart shades. They're good looking. They do all the stuff that you want to do. Safety, security, savings. What else do you want? There's nothing that you want for your home. Oh, I forgot one to guess. Service. Oh. Because wow. they are our good friends at Budget Bunch. And they are excellent human beings. We, we look forward to the uh, reopening of the world because we know, as that happens, that the good people at Budget Blinds will be taking care of the community, raising some money for local causes, doing the good stuff as they always have. But we've, as once again, COVID ruins everything. They're still there. They're still there. They're, they're still, still They're still serving the community. They're great people. And if you're ready to make your home a smart home, go see our friends, our really good friends, at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Tell them Jason Nick sent you. Hello again and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I am Jason Norbury, and as always, I am joined by a man who is now a national beer guy. It is Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. Did you say beer guy or beard guy? Beer, as in the the drink. And we're not going to give you any beard credit. You just have one, but it's not. It is not uh, in any way remarkable. No, no, it's no, it's it's plain guy, plain guy beard, plain guy beard. But anyway, no, it's like so. Nick, you spent the weekend. This last weekend in Pittsburgh, working, working, and I'm going to air quote this, working uh, <laughs> at a uh, at a beer festival with your uh, your co-host from one of your other podcasts, the Beers with Nigel podcast, and uh, you had yourself a good time. I did. By the way, that's Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, not Kansas. I mean, that's the Pittsburgh with an H. <laughs> Okay, the Pittsburgh with multiple breweries probably is. <laughs> this is also true. I was like, look, Pittsburgh's a college town, so like, they're they're not going to be necessarily big into the microbrews. It's going to be like, you know, who who has the cheapest thirty packs of whatever at the at the beer store. We know where college students are, but Link to Lee Summit remains the source for all the news you need about our very fine city. And our unofficial sponsor today is a segue. It's called Chili. Nick, what's going on in the community? Mm, chili. Hey, we've had a kind of a string of a few weeks here where we're talking about events. Mm-hmm. Events coming back. This week, Saturday, 11 to 2, in the parking lot behind Bridge Space in downtown, the 16th annual. We're still saying annual, even though, you know, 20, 2020 didn't exist. Well, look. Yeah, we're gonna say we're gonna say annual because we're pretending twenty twenty didn't exist. <laughs> everybody gets to keep their annual thing, even though we all skipped a year. Yeah, because sixteenth annual Chili Fest Saturday eleven to two, back parking lot behind Bridge Space in downtown Lee Summit. Be there and be ready to have some awesome chili made by my good buddy Jason and our good friend who shall not be named on this show. Absolutely, muzzle that human being. I will say this: I am excited. I am going to. Uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna. Take a tried and true recipe. We're going to add one little experimental piece to it. We're going to see how it works out. So I'm excited Ooh. about this. Let's well, this is a new secret. You haven't told me this part. Well, you, look, we recently gained access to some uh, some spicy chili stuff, like a hot pepper, a hot pepper substance. You and yes. I. And I thought, you know what? 
we ought to we ought to incorporate a little of that into the chili recipe because when we make that when I make when we're gonna be I'm gonna be making the home style chili and it is essentially a slight riff but basically the basic home style chili recipe that that we make in my house I've been making for years it has one an award at a chili fest in the past for the vegetarian version of it and this will be the non-vegetarian version thank you but I thought you know let's bring a little but we'd make it without a lot of heat because there are a person or two in our house that don't appreciate the hot stuff and uh, so we add heat sort of at the table but for this I'm going to give it a little bit more heat than I would at home and uh, and so we're going to use uh, we're going to use some hot pepper sauce that we that we recently obtained thanks to our our wings partner Colin uh, who brought some of that to us. So we're going to use a little of that. Not much because boy, that stuff is hot. Uh, but we're going to do it. And and I guarantee you that we're not going to win. It's going to be great chili, but it's not going to win because that's not how the system works. No. It's biased against us. No, I'm, I'm going to call it out right now. Mm-hmm. Voter fraud. Voter fraud. Well, I would say this. Our performance last week at Wings for Water, award-worthy. Not award-winning. But a not award-winning. We were, we were the victims of dodgy financial doping, which I would complain about, except for the whole purpose of the event was to raise a whole bunch of money. And so they dumped the money into one box or another, and that's fine. And so people were playing favorites and putting sacks of money on one group or another. But we know, you and I know, and the people know, that our wings were the best wings. I will say this, though. Collins Hot Wings, mm-hmm. probably the favorite among the teenage attendees, because I don't know if you noticed this or not, but it became the dare among among the high school attendees of the festival to, I dare you to go eat that hot wing. Well, look, I, I dare anyone to go eat those hot wings. Those were tough. Those were, they were very tasty. They like hit you with good flavor and then they like beat you for like yeah, it was sneaky. Five, five minutes of pepper pepper fire. So it was pretty rough. All right. Let's All right, see. Jason, we've got a couple of real news things that, that I want to talk about. Basically, these, these both stem from last night's city council meeting. The first one I want to talk about is is a conversation they've been having for a couple of weeks now, probably a little longer off the dais, but a couple of weeks at the dais now, talking about redistricting our council districts in the, in the city. And this this is this is really happening as, as a, a matter of procedure now that the new census is done. Right. So the city charter requires uh, that the district reapportion or the city reapportion its council districts every 10 years in response to the census. Um, they uh, are in the process of doing that. So last week at the council, the staff provided some uh, outlay of some options. I think there were three different options in there about how they could be proportioned. And essentially the 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 baseline that they start with is they take the city's population and they divide it by four. Um, and that came out to each district should ideally have like 25,277, I think is what the number was, um, or something really close to that anyway, people in it. And then they can only go so far from that. Um, and uh, the, our city attorney, Brian Head, explained that there was a 2016 Supreme Court case that basically said you can't go more than 10% away from that in any given district. Um, and so there was that. And then they also said that you can't have more than like a 10% swing between two districts. So you can't put one at like 8% one way and one at 8% the other way and have that kind of a 16 or 20% swing between them. You've got to have a smaller swing. So uh, essentially last week, the council uh, gave some direction to staff to make a couple of, and I'm going to say they're mostly aesthetic adjustments 
to them to make the lines for the council districts a little bit clearer, staying on, you know, not jogging off of streets and things of that right. nature. Uh, I know the one that, uh, you know, has had impacted my life in the past is there is a section of was district one ended at one street orchard just in the North part of downtown and Chipman was like two blocks away. So this little two block section that everybody would consider sort of part of that same part of downtown was in district three, not district one at the same district as Lakewood and the people in the very far North. And that, that is one of the things that has been adjusted. So that district at boundary now ends at Chipman and that's where that is. So all that being aside, but they were mostly aesthetic adjustments of that nature. They made them. They talked about the math that was within that. And so essentially it sh- the adjustments shrank District 3 a little bit, grew District 4 a little bit, roughly. Um, and everybody is within 5% of that uh, that 25,000 number. And the two districts with the greatest disparity were at like 7% apart, which is well within the mandated Supreme Court rules, and I think pretty balanced for the, the, there was some other conversation about like, when we might need to reapportion again, that's not in 10 years. And frankly, is a little speculative for my tastes, I think is the best way to put it. But the, uh, you know, uh, counselor, our city attorney said, you know, like, if we annexed some portion of like land that contained a subdivision or did something of that nature that had a an actual shift in the population demographics, we would have to do something at that point. But all that being what it is, it's not up for, there was no vote on it again. This is, it'll come back here in a little bit for the final approval to approve that districting plan. Um, when it comes, when they come back with a final version of it, but it's in process. It's honestly, and I mean this in the most loving way possible, it's boringly administrative and that's what we want. One last thing on that. One last note on this topic. Link to the Summit will help everybody out. We'll put a nice map on the website when it's all decided and done. We'll bring it back up when election time comes so that you know which which district you're voting in. That Just is, in case you're in one of those areas that's right, changed. One of those little fringe on the edge areas where, where there may be some shifts. In, in Most of us are not going to be changing. Yeah. No. I know I'm not dating any voting any different. I don't believe Nick is. And really, after that, what does it matter for the rest of the city? It's all about me. It's all about us. <laughs> all right. One, one other thing, Jason. This was an interesting conversation to watch. The council had a long, lengthy discussion on whether or not the city of Lee Summit should create its own health department instead of operating under the Jackson County Health Department. Jason, before we dig in. I have one question, and I don't think this was ever answered. Why? Yeah, that to me, that's the 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 core question that like, and it was not addressed at the public, like in public. And now it may have been addressed that I'm not aware of at a, at a at a committee meeting or in some other conversation on the public record in the past. But I haven't seen like what specific need are we serving now? I will. I want to as we go through this, we'll we'll talk a little bit about some things there. So there were two presentations: one by our city attorney and one by an independent uh, consultant to to come in and and give us some background information and some like sort of legal and economic factors to consider. Right, and and the the legal discussion that came from Brian Head, the city attorney, basically centered around. What does our charter say? Can we do this? Do we have to change anything in our charter? Does there have to be a vote of the people? Right. And and the biggest things all there, of those all of those things like legally can we do this if we decide right. to? We are a city of a certain size. We are a home rule city, so like nothing in the state constitution or the state statutes prevents us from doing it. There are five other jurisdictions in the city or in the state who do who have independent health departments. 
And they all have bits in their charter authorizing in that, which is not a thing that we have, but there's nothing in our charter that prevents it. So it was his opinion that we don't have to, but we may want to, but there wasn't any definition on that. Um, which, by the way, that, that's his job as attorneys. We might want to do that and have that language. Right. His comment was, you know, like there would basically be, it costs, his other piece of this, I think that the, that, that, that gets into some of this core part of what the, I think the real hurdles are going forward is we have to pay for a health department. Um, so that would require an increase in taxes and that would require ballot issues to go through that. And so you could do the charter changes and all the other bits and pieces sort of as a big sort of not one vote, but a series of votes to handle that all at one time. Um, and, you know, the, I think a very center point of the conversation that the council was having is that we pay as residents of Lee Summit, we pay taxes to Jackson County for health department, public health services, I guess is probably the best way to describe it. And there is no mechanism to require the county to give us back any of that money uh, for those health services. So there's some question of duplication of services as well as double taxation, although I hate to use that phrase, but essentially we would pay, we were paying taxes to get services twice, two taxes right, to get right. services. Right, we would, we would pay taxes to the county for those services, and then we would likely have to pay separate taxes to the city right. so that we could have our own independent health department, which all leads back. I mean, there was lots of discussion back and forth on that, Jason, but it, the thing I was disappointed in was there were, there was talk about, there was a lot of talk about what we put, I think it was about four, four and a half million Four point eight, yeah, somewhere in that ballpark. Ish of, of of tax money total from Lee Summit to the county, and there were some hints, not specific, that maybe we weren't getting all of the services that we 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 needed. But there was no talk of what are we missing. There's there was there wasn't really a specific talk of what's the need that would be filled by taking it out on our own and have and having that health department right here in the city. And that's the one thing I was disappointed in because if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about Raising taxes, you're going to talk about doing these kind of things. Tell me why we need it. Make that case. Right. You need, and you right. have to make that case to the people. Nick, we're coming on the back end of, I'm going to say a lot of, uh, like, a, a renewed prominence in our daily lives of the county health department. Uh, in that's, terms of, and, that, and that's fine. But say it out loud. Right. But, right. The, I, I but think the, you the and thing I both they're know never the... going to say out loud, Nick, if this is indeed the case, and we don't have evidence that it is, but what they're mad about is the fact that they are under the auspices of the county health department and they want to do this. Insofar, even as they were having a conversation, and I can't believe the, 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 the absurdity of this, and I, this is my only bit of rant in this whole thing, the absurdity of the council raised the prospect of creating a, quote, regional health coalition, like with Blue Springs or Independence or something, to coalesce services together. And I was like, that's literally what the county health department is. Like, it is literally, by its own definition, a regional health department to be dealing with it. So it leads well, and me... There, and, there, and there's my, my problem, though, with this whole thing, Jason, is is we are forced... I mean, you and I, because we, we pay attention a lot to these things but anybody anybody in the city who's listening to this are forced to kind of read between the lines this is what we think their subtext is this is what we think they're not saying that's not how you lead that's not why we elect people to be to be our governmental leaders they need to say and if it really is they don't like what the county has done whether it's you know mask mandates whether it's been you know the the shutdowns that happened 18 months ago fine but say it out loud. Give us the real reason why right. you're doing this. Tell me why you want me to pay more. And that's 
Make your case. Make your case. And so, to be fair, and once again, I don't want to, I, I, like I said, we haven't heard anything on the record at all, which is our actual complaint at the moment that that is there. It's like, but what specific things are we not getting from the health department that we, and honestly, I think, you know, so uh, city manager Steve Arbo kind of capsulated what their, the next steps are. So they're going to look at like, like what kinds and how much services do the does the health department provide to residents of Lee's Summit? So, and I think that there's a lot of people in the county who probably take part in county health stuff that they don't we don't see because they don't have voice on the council directly to be dealing with that. You know, can then they're going to ask the county to sort of quantify what that those services cost is. I don't and they may or may not be able to get an answer from the county because this is not stuff that the county may have record or capacity to show directly or even have interest in sharing, you know, then they're going to ask the question about can those county taxes or portions of them be reassigned voluntarily or otherwise to Lee Summit in the case that we provide a health, Lee Summit does its own health department. And then they're going to do some comparisons to other cities, not local ones. Like, so they looked at the five Missouri cities, St. Joe, Joplin, some of those that, that have their own independent health departments but they want to look a little bit broader. Is like, are there other cities out there in the country, perhaps, that have of similar size and make that have their own health departments? And what do those mean for that? So there's there's going to be more conversation on this. Those questions um, about what we're getting, what it's going to cost to to duplicate or reproduce or shift those services um, is going to be something that we're going to see again and again. And to be clear. This isn't going to happen without the vote of the people. In the end, the council has to put this on the ballot because it's going to cost money to make it happen. And that's going to be the thing that in the end will come to the public thing. But we should be paying attention before. And I think people should ask, why are we having this conversation? What is the need that we're not being met in Lee Summit by the health department um, that we think we need to get? Get. And I think I think one more note is it I, we should we should note that this isn't really a a new thing. We saw during the beginning stages of the pandemic, we saw the city of Independence, just you know just just to the north of us there, they reinstated their local health department during this during this pandemic. Right. And so this isn't this isn't necessarily a new thing. I, the only thing I want to see from it is as I really would like our elected leaders to to just just be clear with everybody, be transparent. Why are we having this conversation? Yeah, absolutely. And so, and there's a lot of pieces to this. And in the overall scheme of things, there are things that that the county the county does a very broad piece of things, and and it's possible for the city to say, no, we want to do A, B, and C, but not G, H, and I, and, <laughs> right. and do those sorts of things in in this sort of thing. So we can do that. So it's a conversation that's going to come back. We will keep attention to it. We'll kind of keep bringing this up as a and and maybe one of these times we'll get that question answered. Is what is the need that is going to be provided by a Lee Summit Health Department that we're not currently getting in the appropriate manner? We'll see what that answer is if it is to come. That's going to wrap up the news segment of this of this week's episode, Jason. We're gonna we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come back with a guest. One of the things I love about about doing this podcast, Jason, that we've done now for for a few years, is we get to talk to some pretty cool people in town. Um, we're going to be joined by with uh, joined by joined with joined by. I, I lost my words. That's okay. Samantha Salem, a local resident and businesswoman, she's got a pretty cool story, and I think she's somebody that really everybody should get to know. We are here with Samantha Salem, a Lee Summit resident, entrepreneur, and a whole bunch of stuff, all of which is really cool and awesome, much of which we're going to talk about today. How are you today, Samantha? I am doing well. How are you? We are great. We're happy to have you here. We love to tell stories. So, Nick, I'm going to put it on you. 
Why don't you start asking questions? Well, you look. You, you said she she does a lot of things uh-huh. and that she's cooler than us. Uh-huh. That's the bar, right? Like we want people in here that are cooler than us, and so it's a low bar. And she's but you have cleared it, which is why you're here. <laughs> You've raised the cool factor. So look, I. I I don't know you well, but we've kind of got to know each other a, a, a little bit. You have a really cool story. You are you're not born and bred in Lee Summit. You are Palestinian. You came over here. You have built a business. I'm going to call it an empire around yourself. I like it. Um, you are. Can I can I say this? Can I say you are among the top residential real estate realtors in the area? I mean, I feel like you're posting awards all the time. Um, maybe. <laughs> So let's let's just let's just let's just start really simple. How did you end up in Lee Summit? Because that seems like a long trek. Yes. So let me let me start out by saying I was born in Newark, New Jersey, which is still a very far away place. From yeah, I mean, it, it, look, I'm gonna ask. I would ask the same question. How did you get from Newark to Lee Summit? I mean, so. look, people here consider Johnson County to be a foreign land, so it's <laughs> okay, Newark, yeah. Newark counts there. Well, I'm look, from the they're land not wrong. far, far away. <laughs> Um, I was born in New Jersey. I lived there till I was eight. And then my dad moved us to Memphis and I lived there for a year. And then he took us all back to Palestine. So I lived in Gaza City for 10 years. And then that's when I got married and my now ex lived in Kansas City. So naturally I would go where he lives and that's what brought me to Kansas City. Two years in, I moved to Lee Summit. All right. So let's 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 start to itemize some of the things you do. So you you work in real estate. Yes. But that's like like there are a lot of people that work in real estate and there are a number of people who are really good at it. So that doesn't really set you apart on its own as a as a real estate. You may be an exceptional real estate agent, but that but I think the thing that draws us to you is that you've done more than that. Like you you sort of you've you've broadened your benefit to the community. So you've been sort of at the front end of some entrepreneurial efforts with local women, uh, women in the community. So talk a little bit about some of the stuff you've done there. Yeah. So I am a part of the first thing that comes to mind is sweet tea, which is basically local glamping okay. experiences. So do, I know what it is, but I bet yeah, there are people let's that define let's glamping. define glamping for everybody. So glamping is for people like me who love nature. They love the trees and the mountains and, and camping, but they don't like the camping part because I need my modern amenities. I need my comfort. <laughs> so glamping is literally a huge tent with actual real beds in it, twin size, full size with frames, foam mattresses, your bedding, your your fancy cutesy stuff. And you have an outdoor toilet, which is pretty fancy for what you would normally get during camping, which is nothing. And it's uh, <clears throat> it's local here. We have two locations. One is on Watkins Ranch, which is in KCK, and then another one is at Swope Parkway, um, which is in KC, Missouri. So we have two locations. We've been pretty busy for this first year of launching, and it's been pretty amazing. Lots of press releases, lots of, you know, local support, and also people coming from outside to now Kansas City has this awesome thing. Like, it's becoming a touristy place where I'm like, I want to go visit Kansas City. Oh, they have glamping tents. Let's go stay there for a night. So it's it's a blessing to be a part of that. Um, it's definitely a great investment 
um, opportunity as well. If anybody's interested, you just go to sweettea.co and you can learn more about it. How did that? How did that idea come about? It, 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 and you know, I'm sort of a small business owner. I'm, you know, someday I'll be successful small business owner. But <laughs> you know, when you're sitting around with your friends, how does this idea of hey, let's make fancy tents? <laughs> how does that? How does that? How did that idea kind of come about? And then and then you turn it into a real thing. Because I feel like that's one of those you're sitting around with your friends late one night and and hey, I got an idea, but then it has to become a real thing. How does that? How does that happen? It happens because when you have a brain like ours, which is me and Tiffany and Heather, we're like, they're the ones who created it and put it together and brainstorming all of that. It just, we, we're trying to change the industry. We're trying to elevate it. We're trying to raise the bar. Like we've talked about before. We don't, want to just be standard and just like everybody else we want to bring something extra we want to bring something new fun comfortable yet exciting we've been through a really rough two years in the past you know for covid and whatnot Uh, i have no idea what you're talking about like so i'm like travel halted for a bit because people were scared and they're getting sick and, and whatnot but we wanted to bring that sort of travel experience to Kansas City for our local people to go and and spend time in nature, which is very safe, and and to do all the things without having to travel, without having to commute and stuff like that. And, you know, like worst case scenario, 30 minutes and we're home. Um, So it's just, I don't know how things like that pop in my head. It's just that's how my brain is. I I have no other explanation other than that. So so again... She's not just cooler than us. Smarter. Than us. She's smarter than <laughs> us. Yeah, clearly. I mean, once again, we are not setting a high bar here as as this to get this in, but we think you have exceeded it by a great deal. I appreciate that. Uh, is the is the, is the plan to expand outside of KC or do you want to do more in the metro area? So, I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to talk about this, but we have a lot of other plans in place for growth. Um we have that was well, that was well done vague. Like the SEC would be proud of that vagary right there. That was excellent. I'm a realtor. I I, I know how to <laughs> negotiate and talk about stuff. So we have lots of different business ideas that are coming into fruition the next six months. Um, we we want to bring growth and elevate Kansas City. Basically, we want to empower the local women that we have here. We want to teach them financial freedom. We want to teach them you can be an investor too. We want to, we want to bring everybody together as a community, um, be as diverse as possible. And we just, we, we want to, how do I say it? Like we want to bring growth to Kansas City. We want Kansas City to be better. And we feel like we might have that capability with the amount of ideas that we have that we're trying to bring into reality and actually create them. You just used a used a phrase, and and I kind of it's going to switch gears a little bit here, but it's it's one I have heard you use a lot, used a lot in your social media posts. You just said you want to bring financial freedom to people, and I know that is a huge goal of yours. Yes, you have you have said very publicly in the past. I want to achieve financial freedom. I don't want to have to be dependent on anyone but myself. Why is that such a big thing for you personally? Because it allows me to live the life that I want without having to worry about a mortgage payment. 
it allows me to freely decide if today I want to take a day off for playing with my kids or traveling or just having a mental health day and doing absolutely nothing without having to worry about money. And unfortunately, so many of us have to worry about money because it's a need. And I want to help people reach to that point where, you know what? I want that $100 dinner with my spouse or something. I'm going to go get it because I can't. I want to go travel and spend $500,000 on a three-day road trip. I can, you know, it's just, that's what financial freedom means to me specifically is to be able to do the things you want at the time you want without having to worry about anything. That does not need, that doesn't mean rich. It doesn't mean millionaires and billionaires. It just means comfort. It means peace. It means freedom. Was there, was, I, I guess, what makes you focus on that? I mean, what kind of pushes you, you toward that? Because I think, you know, everybody says, I want to, you know, I want to be comfortable. I want to be able to do the things I want to do. But you seem, maybe it's just you're, you, how you're wired, <laughs> but you seem more driven mm-hmm. than most. And, and like I said, I've seen you post that specific phrase so many times. Like, like, I'm all for financial freedom, but then that means I have to, like, do stuff to earn it. And that seems hard. Yeah, it's it's hard. I'm not saying it's not hard. It's definitely hard. But I'm a single mom. My kids are with me full time. They're teenagers. Almost my little one is seven going on 20. Honestly, you deserve your own like podcast interview for just like (laughs) surviving that on this whole on a day to day basis. I only have one teenager. (laughs) And I have a spouse. And I'm tired. <laughs> you know how expensive kids are. Right. Right? Yes. You know how, like, I, I have so many passions and ambitions and goals and dreams that I want to achieve, but having to be the mother and father in a situation where I have a house that has a mortgage and I need to give the kids the life that they deserve and the lifestyle that I can, you know, be comfortable with, and somebody has to do the work. And in my situation, I'm the only one who can do the work. So it's literally that. It started out as a need. I'm like, okay, I have to work hard to provide for my children the lifestyle that I want. It could have been definitely easier if I could just, you know, take money from family or the government and just lay around and do nothing or, you know, work a nine to five job. But that's not me. That's not who I am. I... I'm a Sagittarius. I can't take orders from a boss. So <laughs> Wait, I, I, this may be the first uh, zodiac zodiac reference in in four and a half years of the I'm show. Say, uh, I, I I know one or two of those, and that yeah, that they share a similar issue. Yes, I love travel. Travel's expensive. It travels expensive, not just because you have to take the trip and you have to figure out how to get to the place and then spend money on the place and lodging and food and whatnot, but that means I'm taking time away from my business. That means I'm not making money because I'm self-employed, obviously, in real estate. So I'm like, if I'm in a different place other than work, I'm not making money. So it costs me double. I don't want to have to think about that anymore. I just want to... Again, live the lifestyle that I want, that I chose for myself and for my kids and what's best for us without having to worry about it. I have enough to worry about. <laughs> so what motivates you then? And I, I mean, that, that what motivates you then to take that to others? That's the I think the, the step that 
most of us wouldn't necessarily, once we sort of figured out the, oh, I don't even want to say secret to it, but once we figured out like how to do this sort of get mm-hmm. to roughly where we want to be, we aren't necessarily excited, not that we're like being selfish about it, but it doesn't even occur to many people to even... To like, share. To share. And you are, you have taken the point to try to broaden your, your, you know, to give people this gift that you are working for for yourself. Because I came from a mindset that that was not possible. I came from a tradition or culture or like women in general. We have this idea in society that the man provides and the woman stays home or the woman can get a job, but then her income is supplemental. As women, we have to work twice as hard to get to what a man can easily achieve. And in my head, when I was going through my divorce, I'm like, okay, crap, like now I'm going to have to make my own money. And I don't know how easy that's going to be. And also, I know you guys can't see me, but I'm visibly Muslim. Like I I wear hijab, I, I cover my head. So I'm like, is that going to be something that hurts me? Do I have to overcompensate for that factor as well? There's so many small things that I have to think about as a minority in the U.S., even though I'm born here, for me to overcome just to fit in, just to be good enough for everybody else to work with me, for example. And if, I've, if I was able to make it in this short three-year period of time, I want other women to know that you are capable and you can do it. It doesn't matter what anybody else tells you. It doesn't matter what society tells you or what was known before. You can do it if you set your mind to it. And it is definitely possible. You just have to want it bad enough. And people don't know that. They, they feel like they're stuck. They have small children. They're in this really bad situation. And they, they feel stuck because they can't get out of it. Because, okay, now what? Like, I'm going to be poor. I'd rather be miserable in this marriage, you know, stuck in it because I have to provide for my kids. I have no other option. No, you have options. And... A lot of us don't know that. So I want to make sure that everybody knows you have some kind of option and it's going to be better than staying if you're in that situation. And I just want, you know, hopefully my story helps at least one person to to gain that courage and that strength to take over their own lives. Well, first, we like to say this to people when they do good things. Good on you. Thank you. You've done. A, you've made a lot of efforts to to reach out to people and to connect people for these type of things, right? Through through social media, and it's been it's been interesting to watch because I think you know you jumped on when Clubhouse first mm-hmm. first came on strong, and it, made, it was even only available for iOS, right? For iPhone people. Yep. I think now it's. I think now they've they've it's they've, oh, they've, they've let us they let us Android masses in yeah, they, to the club. They Clubhouse? let you weirdos in. Yeah. Um, but. You know how how has that been to 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 just reach out to people that way, and you've made connections and friends with people that you have no idea who they really are, right? I think you've even gone on trips where you've met people for the first time in person after only talking to them, you know, yeah. through like Clubhouse or Facebook right. or Instagram. That's the crazy Sagittarius part. <laughs> That's the we're gonna circle you know, that all the time, right? Yes, it's just part of my personality. Might as well just you know keep it in mind. Um, we love to travel. We love people. We love building relationships. And we 
don't have a lot of boundaries and we don't like to be told what to do. So that's just the gist of it. If you want to know me, that's that's definitely what I am. Um, I love people. I'm an introverted, no, I'm an extroverted introvert. So I do like my distance from people sometimes. I do like my breaks, but I'm definitely a people person. I love building relationships with the right kind of people, with the people that share my same values, my same interests and stuff like that. So when I see somebody cool and I talk to them, which Clubhouse is a perfect example because you're speaking audio to audio, you get to know someone way better, way faster than just through Facebook texting or or Instagram or something. It's almost like a face-to-face. And then you have groups of people that you guys all have something in common and you're you're chatting and you're talking and I'm like now I have like thousands of friends all over the states and all over the globe actually Um, and we get to talk to each other every day and we know what each other's eating and where they're going and when their you know doctor appointments are and their kids and (laughs) it's it's just so nice to have that again especially during the last two years that we haven't really had much of that networking the people interaction kind of thing like I work with adults all day every day at work but I want to talk to people without having to talk about business and that was a really good outlet for me social media has been my strong point for a while so I mean take advantage of it and build the relationships that I that I need for myself and that I can also possibly add value to other people's lives I think I get a little jealous of you sometimes when I follow you on social media because you (laughs) You're good at it, but you also use it for good. And I get on social media, and if I'm on there for something other than work, then I just get I just get annoyed and disappointed in people. <laughs> well, look, so, you, maybe a, you're following the wrong kind of people. I'm going to say that's that's a choice that you're making, and I'm not any better uh, as a whole. But as I as so I I'm mentioned beforehand, I, I I'm on social media mostly to yell about soccer. So you know, I mean, we all I have love our, soccer too. We I all have our Monday. gifts, right? But I mean, I will say that you build that you can build a community about yelling about soccer if that's what you really want to do. But <laughs> uh, but I that's I think the thing is you've taken this and like you've you've made a point to sort of lead the engagement as opposed to follow the engagement on that. I think that's one of the key that's differences a, yeah, that's a great is statement. that you've, you know, this clubhouse or any of the other social media outlets, you are intentionally sitting out there like, okay, people come talk to me and I will talk, you know, we will talk about that stuff as opposed to finding a thing and just following along, which is, I think the, that that's where the, that's the beginning of the path to doom scrolling. Right. That's the doom scrolling. <laughs> As a whole, so I mean that's that is that is fantastic that you are the you, your personality apparently uh, Sagittarius I is that how we do it? Sagittarius S's? Uh, I'm going to go with that. the extra S's. I think that's more fun. Yeah, Sagittarius S's. Yes, that's right. So, uh, it can can do that. I want to circle backward a, a, a little bit. You would you'd mentioned something about um, as you were, you know, moving toward that financial freedom thing, mm-hmm. and you had talked about how you came from from a culture that really you know, as the woman, you weren't supposed to be the primary breadwinner. You weren't supposed to be out, out front. But I also know that your culture and your faith are really, really important to you. Mm-hmm. And you, what I love too is in, in, in a town of, I'll, I'll just say this, we're, we're a bunch of old white folk in Lee Summit. <laughs> um, you're, you put out there, like when, when Muslim holidays come up, you're out there, hey, let me tell you about this. Mm-hmm. You have questions, just ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, was, it, was it a hard shift for you though to kind of break that, cultural upbringing that you had where yeah I'm gonna be a woman and I'm gonna go make my money actually there's a difference between culture and religion absolutely 
my religion tells me that the woman can do absolutely whatever she wants. If you really think back to our prophet Muhammad, his wife was the biggest businesswoman at her in her time, and he was a shepherd. Yeah, I was going to say, Muhammad's not known for business acumen, from my, <laughs> my understanding of the whole part. It's not the focus people put on it. Exactly, so. but she was. Right. And she was very wealthy, and she was wealthier than him. And she was 15 years older than him as well. So that alone, that just that alone breaks so many standards or statements that we now currently have, you know? And I want to always reflect back to that. Culture and tradition and whatever happened in those hundreds of years after is a human thing. It's not a religious thing. So culture, you can find culture anywhere in any tribe. There's thousands, thousands of cultures within, you know, the Islamic, uh, you know, communities and, and countries and stuff. So that's definitely different. And I want to make sure you separate those. Again, I don't like to be told what to do. <laughs> I like. I love that theme. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do what I feel is best for me and what's best for my kids. And I completely forgot what we were talking about. But like, well, no, I think you, you, well, you, you yeah, sort I, of answered it. I think, I, I, think you, I think you did answer it. I just, I, when you had mentioned that, you know, kind of the upbringing of your culture was, was that you weren't. Yeah, the, yeah. So, the okay. But you made, you made a that. very positive decision, very ardent decision that you were going to be. And yes. you're going to chase these things. Yes. It started out because I had to. It was a need. Everybody's like, how do you do it? I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, I had no other choice. Got to eat. <laughs> But now I have a choice. And actually, everybody has a choice. I just chose to work hard to, to get where I need to be because I set that as a personal goal for myself. Um, going back to like the culture, tradition stuff. So I came from a marriage, I should probably say, that was a bit more old school. That was more, okay, I'm going to make all the money. You're going to you know, take care of the household and the kids and stuff like that. And that's just how we're going to function. And I got married really young. I was 19. When I had my first kid, I was 20. So I went into it very naive. Um, I just basically followed whatever because that's that's really all I knew, um, which was okay at the time because it built who I am now. And I'm not saying I regret anything. It's just it's just facts. So with time, I've noticed and realized about myself that I do have entrepreneur blood. I literally started my first eBay account the day my son was born. Like I was in the hospital <laughs> two hours later. That's awesome. On my laptop. Or crazy. One of the two. I'm not sure which. It's both. But. It's absolutely both. I'm crazy. <laughs> Only crazy people do that. That's the day I started my eBay account. A couple weeks later was my first sale. And I took eBay to from a hobby to a job. And it made me a lot of money. And then I, sw I shifted to Amazon. So that's kind of how I started in the business world, where I was doing um, retail arbitrage, basically. And I did that for a couple of years. And that, by the way, that was the fanciest term we've had <laughs> on, this, on this podcast today, by, by any stretch. And we've talked about like arcane city council stuff, and retail arbitrage is definitely the biggest words we've had. So good job. You are very well. You've raised the bar once again. Yay. I'm all about that bar being raised. So, yeah, so that's kind of when I started finding out about myself, like, oh, I love this. I'm, I'm doing my own thing. I am my own boss. I'm working from home, still raising my kids and, and making money and making good money. And 
every time I would get to a point where I was making good money, enough to actually pay taxes on, um, something would happen and it would shut down. So that's kind of the culture that I'm speaking about. It's not general to anybody. It was literally the culture of my marriage, basically. So over and over and over, that's when I started my Etsy account like a year later because I love drawing and I started doodling random crap and, and, and putting bling on iPhone cases back when it was cool and selling them for 50 bucks. And, you know, like I was always able to find a way to have fun and make good money. That's just my thing. And I didn't realize it at the time because... Again, I was in an environment that didn't allow me to to seek my potential. It was just a hobby. It was just something fun to do after all of my other duties were done. And it it got to a point where I'm like, okay, I don't like this anymore. And a lot of other stuff happened, obviously. But um, that's that's kind of how I found myself. And that's that's who I am and I'm going to embrace it. And obviously it's making me hell a lot of money now. So it's working, but, um, that's, it's personality. It's, it's knowing what's right and what's wrong within reason. Also, like if they were an actual reason, actual logical scientific reason for me to be the one at home and not be working, I would be open to listening to that, but that's bullshit. <laughs> Am I allowed to curse here? Yeah, we don't. We're fine. <laughs> okay. we're, we're fine. It's either going to be fine or have to bleep it. Either way, it's fine. Okay, that's fine. But that's that's kind of where I came from, and where I'm like, okay, why do I stay home again? Why do I? Why do you not do the dishes? Why do you not not t- fold laundry with me? You'd expect me to have the house completely clean every single time. Like we have no kids. Why does it have to look like magazine friendly when we have no photo shoots going on? That made no sense to me and it was not fair and it was it it's what started my depression and my anxiety actually um having to go through all of that what I now know as emotional abuse and it just was not a healthy environment anymore so uh, we made the decision to to break it because look at me now <laughs> well, I'm gonna say you took all that and you really have run with it so I did and and you 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 seem to be happy and like you're achieving that freedom and that ability to do to have choices right mm-hmm. to be able to choose I'm gonna go on a trip I'm gonna take my kids here I'm gonna buy my kids a fancy dinner mm-hmm. um, have the things right the things we like to have in our homes for our families you seem to be in that place although I will say this you also don't appear satisfied yet like you want you you still are driven to do more. To keep chasing dreams, even if it's a dream you haven't really verbalized yet. Right. Um, Am I reading that right? Kinda, kinda. So, I'm a very ambitious, ambitious person, and it's not that I'm not satisfied where I am. I don't like being kept in boxes or bubbles. I don't like sitting in comfort zones. Comfort zones gives me anxiety. Because I'm always used to being on the run. I'm always, it's probably a trauma response, to be honest, but that's something I'm actually working with, <laughs> with my therapist and all the, the people in my life. But um, it's, th- there's no growth in comfort zones. And if I just sit in the place that I'm at now, am I comfortable? Yes. Am I, um, 
getting everything I need and paying all my bills and making sure my kids have clothes and stuff like that. Yes. We have to buy clothes for our kids. Unfortunately. Oh, they grow I mean, well, and wear them out. Look, look, honestly, both. Look, I was trying to be funny, but now you just you brought my anxiety because, yeah, I, I know. He's almost 15. Yeah. He won't stop growing. Or eating. He won't stop eating. Oh, that, let's not talk about the eating part. That, that No, we're not going to go there. <laughs> but, but yeah, like I, I want to also be a role model for my kids. They've been through the marriage that I was in. Obviously, they were living there. And I want to show them that if you set your mind to something, you will reach it. You have to put in the effort. You have to put in the the work for it. Whether you're motivated or not, you have to do it. And you can accomplish a lot of things. And I have to be that for them. They don't have any other good role models, really, in their life. And if I'm just sitting around comfortable, I don't want them to grow up thinking that they can take that for granted or be entitled to it either. I, I need them to to have that growth mindset the hustle mindset the i need to work to get what i want and if i don't work i don't get it you know that's just the struggle life that i was raised in they don't have that and because i'm providing them a better life but i also want to make sure that they appreciate it too and they can take it and run with it in their own adult lives later when they grow up and how dare they grow up but that's I'm not looking forward to that. They're the worst. They keep aging, Seriously. growing up, getting become humans. It's the worst. I'm telling my seven year old, like, why are you growing? She's like up to my shoulder now. She's so tall. And she's like, Mama, I can't stop that. I'm like, Yes, you can't stop growing stop now. <laughs> I said on, stop. <laughs> bricks on the head. They resist, but you no, know, it doesn't, doesn't change anything. <laughs> well, look, I know that you uh, I, you just said it. You're you know, you're always chasing more. You, you, your brain doesn't mm-hmm. stop, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. You are a role model for your kids, and I think you are a role model for a lot of other people all around. It, it, your story, and I know we barely even dug into right who you <laughs> are, you. Um, but it's such it's such a great story. And watching you and what you're doing, we didn't even get to all the business stuff that you, that, that that you're working on. But it really it really is a, a good story. It's it's an inspiration to watch. I think anybody you see somebody driven, not only for themselves but to reach out and help other people find their paths to is is an awesome thing so good on you i appreciate that a lot i feel like we are always better together there's i I don't like to strive alone i like to bring people with me because i love community and i love growth again and i I like to um share all of that with people also jason write down Mm -hmm. write this down there's no growth in comfort zones. There's no growth in comfort zones. That can be right up there with get off your pockets and do something. I think so. So you, that might be in, that's in our that's in our top three uh, <laughs> quotes from four and a half five years of this show. Yay! Look Samantha at me. Salem, thank you so much for joining us this week. It was an absolute pleasure, and I really don't mind a part two if you guys are up for it. Well, we're all, we're always down. We'll have some stuff to talk story. about. Like, right. I, I like to talk. You need to give. <laughs> <laughs> she wants more time. You know what? Here's another her. first. Somebody says, hey, I want to talk to you guys Wait, more. Wait, hold on. I'm going to say here's her next business opportunity. She can start a podcast, Nick. Uh, she, needs, uh, she needs to do that. Maybe I should. She'd whip us all, I'm it, sure, she, if she did. Absolutely, 100% should. And, you know, I may know a producer that would love to do that. That's going to wrap <laughs> us up for this week. We'll talk to everybody next time. <laughs> <laughs>